everyone. Welcome to the Maximum Alternative Podcast. I'm Mike Parrish, and uh, with me today is Max Kerman from Arkells. And uh, Max, very good to see you again. I haven't seen you since we were on the uh, softball field together at the gathering in 2017. 2017. There was a few injuries on the field that day. It was a little slippery out there. Some people sprained their ankles and pulled their, you know hamstring and stuff like that <laughs> I, I don't know if you know that but there was big controversy over you at that game because you got shuffled over to the west coast team, I know which you're a toronto guy you yeah been on my team which i captain on the east coast that's side. right <laughs> and uh uh you were the difference in that game <laughs> it's <laughs> my claim to fame yeah. yeah you got a good bat so uh yeah yep so that was a lot of fun but uh we're here to talk about your new record which is called rally cry it's your guys fifth album right yeah yep came out on October 19th so anybody who's listening to this can go find it now and give it a listen and I highly suggest you do and uh, if you're hearing music in the background we're here at TLA in Philly and St. Lucia is just about ready to start sound checking right so yeah what is the song that they're warming up the PA to uh, this is Hold the Line from uh, oh, who sings this song this is like some 80s band it's I like forget. Toto is it yeah. Toto that sings it or I forget who sings it too <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, Hold the Line so um Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the new record. Um, you know, the, give me give me the like two sentence description of what you guys did on this, and then we'll get into my questions. For oh, you. sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, the record is our probably most concise effort ever. You know, it's like ten songs. All the songs have a purpose, like in our minds, where they'd fit into a live set and how they complement each other on the record itself. And um, we had a chance to record this between touring. So I feel like it captures the live energy of us in in an interesting way um, because we'd come off the road and go right into the studio. And I think that's important because sometimes when you're in the studio for a while, you you forget what it's like to be a live band. So this record, I feel like, captures, captures us as a touring band pretty well. Yeah, and the first single, Relentless, is out at radio now. It's uh, doing all right. Some stations are playing. I noticed I was looking today, and... Uh, what a good song! I, it just it, it hits you and grabs you and pulls you in for the whole thing. So uh, there's an interesting bit about the song, though. You guys worked with um, well, no, we just um, my dad showed me the song by an artist named Chico, and um, and I just loved the song so much, and that we used a bit of that song as a sample to build the song okay. around. Right. And uh, for us, you know, we're we're a pretty traditional rock and roll band in a lot of ways. But we also really uh, are interested in music outside of our genre. And, um, you know, being able to sample a band like, uh, you know, something that's totally outside of our genre was something that was really interesting to us. And, and for us, it was, a, it was a cool learning experience. Yeah. Now, was it all recorded in Hamilton? Is, is it's all in Toronto, actually. Toronto? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. You guys are from Hamilton, Ontario. Now, I lived in Buffalo for eight years. Yeah. Hamilton was where you turned right to go to Toronto. Yeah, it's on the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, but like when I was going up there a lot, this was the the '90s, all right. So uh, there's that that turn where you come off the bridge and you just turn over into the QEW to yep. go into Toronto, right? Now we always loved. There was a sign that would blink too fast. Oh really? I don't yeah. know if they still have that actually. No, it's gone. I was just up there recently and it's gone. Uh. But. Uh, our goal was always to make the sign light up whenever we were, <laughs> whenever we were driving. Did you ever get pulled there. over? 
No, not oh, once. That's and, good. Uh, I always used to like getting over the Peace Bridge into Canada and go, oh, the speed limit's 100 now? Yeah. And my friends would be like, Mike, that's kilometers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a conversion rate. Like, uh, I'll just play dumb if we get pulled over. <laughs> but uh, You're not the first American to try to uh, use that excuse, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but no, I never, never got pulled over. But uh, I, I love Toronto. I love that area of the country up there. It's just beautiful mm-hmm. country. Uh, what was it like for you growing up there? I, the home of the band is Hamilton, Ontario, but we're all from Southern Ontario because okay. three of us met at university in, in at McMaster University in Hamilton. Yep. So, for instance, Mike is Mike's from Guelph, Ontario, which is just up the road. Yep. I grew up in Toronto, downtown Toronto. Uh, Nick grew up in London, Ontario. Tony's from Mississauga. Got so it. it was one of these things where it's like when we first started playing, we're like, where are we going to say we're from? And, and we were all living in Hamilton at the time. So it just made sense for us to be a Hamilton band, and that's where a few of us still live. Gotcha. So, uh, but it's it is interesting because you know we, we have a pretty good sense of the history of that city, and it is you know for your American listeners, it sort of it has a similar historical arc of, of Pittsburgh, I'd say. Yeah. Where it's like it's a steel town, definitely went through some tough times in the seventies and eighties with steel leaving North America or at least America and Canada. And there's been a bit of a resurgence in the arts and healthcare and uh, post-secondary education. So, and it's still a little rough around the edges. It still like has a reputation within Ontario as being kind of a tougher place. But I think I, I appreciate the uh, the mix and the variety of people and and things you see when, when you're in that city. Yeah, yeah. It's look, it's it's a great part of the country. I, it's Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, that area up through there. It's just it's beautiful and. Uh, winter is one of my favorite uh, oh, seasons, wow. so I, I don't mind the snow, so that's <laughs> fine. But uh, let's get back to the record. So this record, it carries a bit of a political theme to it this time around. It's, it's at a con- like What led you to, to kind of do that? Because that wasn't really in your lexicon before, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think we've always touched on politics uh, here and there. You know, we have a song off our, our second record called Whistleblower, and... Like there's, I think we just have a tendency to to write about um, you know the community that we're from and and people that are interesting characters and I think but on this record you're you're right it's more kind of in the front and I think that's honestly just a result of touring around America and spending a lot of time down here and just the amount of conversation that we have with each other that revolves around you know Trump and the state of partisanship. Uh, in our politics and the, the sort of the tribal nature of how people operate in 2018, like those are things that interest me a lot. So, you know, for a song like American Screams, that's sort of talking about, you know, you know, the the conversations that happen between the left and the right and the, sort of touching on some uh, the gun lobby and gun violence and and those and, and and we have we we like to write about it because it's you know at the forefront of you know every conversation we have it seems yeah yeah uh, and interesting we're having this conversation the day after the election yeah you know so um, you bring up American screams so let's give out this phone number eight 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 four two six eight eight five six what kind of messages have you been getting on there? For the uh, most part, it's been th- cool. Yeah, l- let's fill the listener in for a second. That's a phone number that's at the beginning of the video, right? Yeah, we put up a real billboard billboard in Buffalo, New York, and it said, can't sleep off these American screams, question mark, call this number. And and that was the way we debuted the song. People could call in and listen to the song like on an old-fashioned telephone line. And you could also leave a message for the band if you wanted to. So uh, for the most part, it was like kind of... Uh, 
adoring fans that were excited to kind of experience something a little different when it comes to rolling out a, a new song. But there's also some Americans who called in saying, like, get the hell out of our country. <laughs> Why are you talking shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you got some of those, like, people just calling up, leaving you crazy messages. Like, what are you Canadians doing talking about us? Yeah, you there's know? always a little bit of that. But my my answer to that would be, it's like, listen, you guys are the leaders of the free world. The guy in charge right now is a lunatic. And so you, you've, you've given us no choice but to you know, be involved in the conversation. Right, right. See, now... That's where I'll challenge you a little bit, mm -hmm. is I don't think he's a lunatic. I think the whole political process is gone loony. Sure. It's, and, and he's just the face of that looniness. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's not just him. It, it's overall all politicians at this point. And then you throw in what the media does and how divisive they've become. Sure. And uh, Maybe this plays a little bit into some other songs on the record that I want to talk about, like Company Man. That, uh, yeah. That's inspired by Sean Spice, yeah. right? Yeah. So, what were you like one day? Were you just sitting around, like, watching a White House press briefing and that song came to you? Or, like, like yeah, how did well, that I was just thinking about? about this idea of, you know, people sort of having to walk on their own two feet. Uh, you get to a certain point where you, you got to ask yourself, like, am I really thinking for myself or am I just thinking? Uh, am I just towing the company line? Am I just flying the flag that was assigned to me? And I think it's really important, whatever side you ascribe to, is that you, you're you able to step back and recognize if there's flaws in, in, in the team that you're a part of. Yeah. And that can go for either side, really. I think people, uh, no matter who you affiliate with, can be guilty of that. But yeah, it definitely goes... It's like, you know, when you've always been a company man, you lose track of your company. Like, And I think... I try to think of my, I try not to get tribal. I try to really think about each situation in its own context. And, uh, and I, you know, but your, your point, it's like, I think the system is, is very broken and yeah. there's, there's so many issues with the, how money is involved in politics and, uh, and how rich and powerful people stay in power. I'd also add though that Trump, he, he exacerbates the problem. Like I think the, the, the president, one of his job is to be a good leader and is, is sort of a figurehead. And I think a lot of people didn't like Obama, but you couldn't say that he, he, he talked out a turn or that he was condescending or, or ill-prepared. Like those are things, at least in my opinion, that Obama embodied as a, as a, as a good leader. Uh, and even people on the right who don't like Obama would still have to say, well, at least he seems like a generous guy who, um, you know, who was prepared for the job. Right, right. And you don't have to agree with his policies, but you could say at least he did his homework. And I don't know if you could say the same thing about Trump when it comes <laughs> to that stuff. Um, that's fine. And I, I honestly, I try not to talk politics Sure, sure. All, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. but this this record, as I was listening to it, it like lends it to it. And it's like, how am I going to get the, through this conversation without sure, talking no. about it? You know, because it, it seems like a very, it's a very central theme on this record. And as a Canadian... You know, it's it's definitely got to be different for you, like watching what we do, mm -hmm. because as you said, we are the leader of the free world. This country sure. is, you know, and uh, some people like to say Germany is now, but you know, but we, no, re America we, is, we yeah. really are, yeah. and so it's it's got to be interesting for you. But like even on your own home front now, mm -hmm. like like you're starting to experience some of the issues that we're we've been facing as well, like, like the immigrants that are. Uh, coming to our country are now starting to bleed through to Canada sure. and um, 
I saw Trudeau recently made some statements about, you know, protecting their the Canadian border sure. and stuff. And so I don't know where we're going with this. It's just other than uh, politics. It's it's such a weird thing these days when you bring it up because people don't like to be forgiving of one side or the other. Like they you talk about not wanting to build a wall, but people have built walls around themselves. And uh, the question I like to ask lately is how do we get to the other side of that? Like, where is the unity that we need to get back to going to start coming in? Totally. You know? you know what? That No, and that's, I agree with all that. And I add to what I said earlier in that, like anything that I'm typically asking in a song of, of someone who, who I'm questioning, I, there are also questions I ask myself. Right. And I think right. that's, I think that's a really important part of the conversation is that, yeah, if you want to get to a, a place of unity and a place of like love and acceptance, I think that's where all these songs are grounded in uh you have to be able to ask yourself the same question so it's like company man i'm talking about sean spicer but i'm also asking myself the same question other times when i'm flying the flag when i don't actually totally believe in it but i think because i've been assigned to a certain tribe that that's the flag i need to fly or that's that's the hard line i need to take on an issue and i think it's i think it's important you know that, that you're asking yourself you know hard questions as well yeah yeah it's, it's a good thing and and you got to be open to you might come up with an answer that you don't like and, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really agree with your opinion, but it's the right answer, mm-hmm. you know? So, but, uh, let's switch topics yeah. here because, uh, politics, it's just, it's, it's polarizing all night. these days and <laughs> we're here to talk about your music. Um, you guys have won multiple Juno awards. You're about to play a show in Canada early next year. That's your biggest show ever coming up, right? Yeah. Um, well, one of our biggest, yep. At the, at the Scotiabank arena in mm-hmm. February. And, you come down to the States and we're at TLA. It's mm-hmm. about 600, 700 people. And how important is it for you to come down here and break, you know, like, like it, is that on your mind? Like, like what is it that you want out of America when you come down here? Um, yeah, I think play? it's, I think for us, it's, um, we, we typically see a correlation with like how much time we've spent in a place and the relationship we've built with the community and like what the crowd looks like. And I think in Canada, we, we had a bit of a head start up there cause we had a lot of opportunity kind of right from the get go and started building relationships with those places and, and they became fruitful and, and, it, but not, nothing happened overnight. Like that's just kind of the result of like 10 straight years of yeah. like playing Toronto. Like we've probably played Toronto like 150 times or something. You know what I mean? And then we, then we, so when you think about places in America, I think it's like, at least I like to tell myself that you just got to keep on putting in the good hard work. And so I'd say the difference between playing Philadelphia for us, um, you know, four years ago versus today is dramatically different. Like it's gone in the right direction. And so for me, I, I, I try to think about each city and each territory as its own unique thing. And, um, and for us, it's like breaking, breaking markets has, less to do with like this mystical idea of like breaking America and more to do with just like, we want to be able to have a long-term career. And we, and like when I look at my favorite acts who have real communities of fans around them, it's people like Frank Turner or Wilco or the national who really, who had some lucky breaks along the way, but I'd say most of their success is due to working really hard. Um, So for us, it's, it's like, we try not to get, too caught up in any any like narrative that is often assigned to bands oh this band like because i think from the 
from the outside people can go oh that band's only doing this or the or that band did that but it's it's like for us it's like really important just to keep it all in perspective to like to what we've done and kind, not, kind of if you're seeing growth like, like coming here to philly you know you keep playing a bigger and bigger yeah. venue every time you come here then that's success to you oh totally yeah yeah yep. that's exactly it it's like and we don't and the other thing is is that like we get that question sometimes that you just ask and i think pe- people like assume that a band is like that we think we're entitled to the big it's like, oh, you play up here. Aren't you pissed off that you're not playing? It's like, no, we never assumed we were entitled to anything, you know, and we're not unique either. If you go to the UK, while you'll see festival posters and the first four lines minus like Oasis and Arctic Monkeys are bands you've never even heard of. You know, so it's not like it's not a Canadian band thing. And I'd say the same thing if you were to go. There's some bands that are big in America that aren't big in UK or Germany or Australia. You know, what I mean, it's like right. there is still a regional quality to music. So, um, you know, I think I think it's easy to get a little carried away with the anomaly bands like churches or something who can kind of who are just darlings and can kind of go wherever they please. Right. And and they're so blessed in that way. And God bless them for it. Like but the ninety nine point nine percent of bands don't have that. And it's about putting in the work. So, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Landon from Sir Sly at ACL uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, yeah, we've, like, never really gone to Europe. It's like, we just don't go. Like, we, like right now, we're just focusing on America. And, like, and, and that band's a great example of, like, I think, like, an alt success story. But it's just, like, everybody everybody has their own path, I think. Right, right. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, it's, you know, living in Buffalo, for, I did for eight years, so... Um, you know, I always uh, have an affinity for Canadian bands. Yeah, Buffalo's you know? like uh, like the eleventh province of Canada. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. Really um, no, I've always dug a lot of the Canadian bands, like Pursuit of Happiness at sure. the time too, and I got to know Moberg a little bit for ah, a cool. while. And nice. uh, um, actually, Relentless is that chorus um, was from a conversation we had with Paul from the Hip because uh, we hung out with him last fall in Kingston. And Gord had just passed, and uh-huh. and he was talking about his relationship with Gord and what it was like being in a band with him, and how motivated he was to work even when he was sick. And he said, and he said, like even when he was going through chemo, he was like, "We're still going to tour, right? We're still going to tour the record, right, that we made." And then I, we all kind of had a chuckle out of that, seeing how determined this guy was. And then Paul said, "Ever since I knew that guy, since we were kids, he was relentless, like a dog on a bone." I was like, "I love that expression," and that's what made it. That's what the chorus is. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Has, have you told that to anybody before? Yeah, yeah, okay. the, yeah, yeah. And I emailed Paul about it before the record came out, and okay. he was uh, he was very touched by it. I liked uh, this quote. I was reading through some of your stuff before I came over here today, and on your website, there's a quote that says, uh, "Our attitude was let's make a record as wild and weird as we want it to be." So, did it turn out? that way for you do you do you feel that's what you captured i i mean for our standards I, i'd say so i mean there's definitely you know i think anything that made the record was was something that made our ears tingle you know what i mean like i think that's what we're always chasing in the studio we're like what's the thing I go, Ooh, that feels good that kind of gives you a little grin um uh, that feels different you know we're, we're all a little bit allergic to to repeating ourselves uh-huh. and anything that sounds a little too familiar we we kind of run from so Oftentimes it was the ideas. I was like, "Whoa, haven't heard that sound coming with the guitar before," or, or that, oh, that's a weird way to sing it." 
or and again i think it's obviously it's still in the confines of a of a five-piece rock and roll band so this is not like a outlandish experimental record but to us there was a bunch of moments that felt very fresh and weird and unique now you you guys have a nice community side to you as well um when the record was released you did a a hand-me-downs promotion right uh tell us a little bit about that and uh um you know how you got involved with with doing that sure yeah i mean i think for us we we try to like tie in like the lyrics of a song and think about you know how they relate to a grander thing so for instance like you know with american screams there's a lyric about the billboards on the side of the interstate and that's how that idea came about to put up a billboard in buffalo with it with that one hundred number because because okay. we're so like entranced by those like you're going to hell billboards you know those ones yeah <laughs> uh and then we for the song only for a moment there's a lyric about singing karaoke and uh so we rented out a karaoke bar in toronto like very impromptu and we like like the week after that song came out and we had like a big party and our and with, because they had our Kel songs in the karaoke bar already, so we had a bunch of fans come down and sing karaoke songs. Yeah, that's it, great. So that's a great song, by the way. That's probably one of my favorites oh, of the record. You. I like that one a lot. Oh, awesome! Yep. And um, so for hand me downs, you know, it's, we we thought, you know, it's like we're okay. We're launching the record. We we had Union Station, which is the big train station downtown Toronto, um, available for us to like host this sort of listening party. And um, the you know the theme of that song is is like. You know, everybody I think has a certain amount of pride of where they come from, and also probably little dark corners of their family's history that offers a little bit of shame too. And and we're and the lyric is there there ain't no shame in some hand me downs. And so we thought, okay, this would be a good opportunity. You know, it's getting cold outside. Have people bring down some warm winter jackets, and uh, we'll sign some vinyl. And I think we we had like 150 coats brought in, which was like the biggest donation that that organization uh, has gotten like ever. So it was it was cool. That's great. It's 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 always good to see bands that that open themselves up and give back to their communities and uh, aren't just completely wrapped up in themselves and their music. You know, it, it's it helps expand your fan base. One and and I know that's not why you're doing it, but it's just it gives a good positive message as well. And going back to kind of where we started this, like we need more positivity like that uh-huh. in the world. You know. Yeah, well, I think I I always feel so lucky to have this job. But, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who aren't necessarily in music. My dad's a social worker by trade. My mom's a high school teacher. And a lot of people that sort of around my immediate circle do, like, really good work. <laughs> like, and, and I think about them a lot and thinking about, like, the positive contributions they bring to their community. So we have this platform where we get to shine a light on important things like that. And so that's what we try to do. Yeah. Um you know uh, James up at the Edge in Buffalo, right? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they've been big supporters of you along the way. Hey, yeah, Jim, and, great guy. Uh, I called him earlier today. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go meet Max." I go, "Give me a good question, <laughs> ask him." Um, you know, just something. And he goes, uh, "He goes, ask him about the song Leather Jacket, mm. and say, do you think that song would be a big song today if it was released today versus when it was originally released?" Good question. I mean. This is the the weird thing about how songs happen is that that that's definitely one of our biggest songs. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a like a a mystical time and place circumstance that happens that helps elevate a song, and you know if it's placed in the right commercial or has a movie sync or if it's just the subject matter that 
the general public is looking for. Like those are things you can never predict. So I don't know. I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I think it's a great song. I think I'm proud of it. But but the, but I I never assumed it would be a big song for us. It just sort of happened. And there's other songs that I think maybe assumed would be bigger songs, and they weren't. But maybe it's time and place and circumstance. It's, yeah. it's very hard to tell. Uh, what's your favorite place to play in Toronto? You, you've done so many shows there. Uh, I'll tell you, and uh, uh, I've seen a lot of shows up there. When I lived in Buffalo, we were going up there so many times to go see bands because it's like bands would come to New York, go to Toronto, and then they're off to like Chicago, Cleveland. It's like Buffalo was the skip over market, sure. right? So uh, I used to love the concert hall. It was a great place. Phoenix concert hall. Yep. Yep, uh, mm-hmm. the Diamond Club. I don't know if that's even no, still exists. Our our booking agent Jack Ross used to run that place back and in the eighties. And uh, Lee's Palace was also yeah, a great Lee's place to go great. see some bands as well. Yeah, for clubs like Lee's is still a staple. The Horseshoe Tavern is a staple. Yeah, I've seen some um, people there. You know, like the Opera has been around for a while. Danforth Music Hall is great. I'd say we we a couple of years ago we did two nights at Massey Hall, which was oh, a yeah. legendary place. Yeah. It is a legendary place under construction at the moment, but um, I'd say that's at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a nice place. I've seen some bands there as well. Um, talk about the influence of hip hop on yourself. Mm. Yeah, I I mean I love um, yes yeah, so I say my favorite modern artist is probably Chance the Rapper. <laughs> I like I love the stories he tells and I love the production and his sense of melody. Like and I, I've said this before. I the same reasons why I like Chance the Rapper are the same reasons why I like Bruce Springsteen. It's like he. He's a great collaborator. He sings about his community. He's got a good sense of humor. He's heartfelt. He's a great physical performer. You know, he's interested in the world around him. You know, it's it's not necessarily the most like insular music. It's very much outward looking, and that appeals to me. Um, and I think I don't know. Did you listen to a lot of hip hop as a kid? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I was like in the late nineties. Like everything from like you know Jay Z to. Nelly and like like you know I would like B.I.G. and uh, the Beastie Boys like I love all that stuff right uh, Eminem and I think for me um, being like obviously the band is very grounded in rock and roll but being able to see how other artists work I think is really interesting and and just kind of the speed that hip hop songs can be made and how they can. And they're they're kind of fearless. I feel like they're, they're the new the new version of rock and roll on on a certain level. A lot of these hip hop guys, um, because th- yeah, they're kind of brazen. Oh, in to me, in the the late nineties, they totally took the rock mantle away from yeah. rock stars. Yeah, rock the, music's a little more meek in some ways. Yeah, compared to yeah. Uh, at least modern rock music. Um, so so does that. Where does that influence of hip hop and your love of it come into your music? Like, like yeah, I mean, so for instance, like um, a song, it's it's obvious to me, probably more subtle to a listener, but like a song like "Knocking at the Door," which is a big song for us, um, it has like the horns we wanted to sound like uh, Kanye West, Jesus walk horns, um, Jesus walks, and the the middle bridge section goes into an entirely different time like different tempo uh-huh. and that's something Kanye would do we were like would it be weird if we just like just chopped it and then did this whole other section and to me in my mind that's a Kanye West but Kanye is probably the like most influential artist to like my generation every if you talk to like you know any modern musician they probably have Kanye in the back of their mind um, a song like Eyes on the Prize on our new record definitely has a, a hip hop feel and yeah, just the way they, they they incorporate old soul music, I think, is really interesting. Yeah, so the, so 
and those are all touchstones that I think we think about a lot. Yeah. Um, it, I probably should have brought this up earlier, but I think one of the things that fascinated me about you is you have a BA in political science. Yeah. yeah. Um, what 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 is political science like? What do you have to study to get that? Like, oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I I wasn't a particularly good student. Uh, you have to talk to Nick, our basis. He he actually took notes. I just copied him. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but I mean, I've always been interested in reading about the news and the stories. Um, you know that are told about just you know your community and um and, I, and my dad always had like the new yorker magazine my dad's from new york city originally okay and and the new york times around the house so it's like i don't know i just i like journalism so i think that probably ties together with my interest in, in a poli side degree gotcha gotcha um what were your parents like when they realized this was the path you were going to go down and you know, hey, hey, Max, you went to school. You, you've got well, they weren't degree. hiring at the poli sci factory, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, I don't know exactly what my path would have been after I graduated, but you know, it was nothing. It was like, like, like when did they realize, like, wow, you know, our our, our boy's growing up, he's going to be in a band, and well, we've been lucky because we okay. The luckiest thing that probably ever happened to us was that we started. Um, we we played in undergrad. That's how the band got kicked off and then we started working with a manager who had a label about uh halfway through fourth year like the senior year of university okay so we had this opportunity to go right from finishing school right into oh do you want to go like open a few shows to the black crows uh, okay or do you want okay we're, we're gonna book a cross Canada tour with you and you play some clubs like okay so we had this opportunity kind of like gifted to us immediately and i think the, the thing that's hard for some parents is that it's like if your kid is like not doing anything and sort of like just sort of haphazardly gigging around, that might be tougher. But because we had these things that were like quantifiable, no, no, our record's coming out and you're going to see it in record stores. Like that happened like within a year uh, for with our first record. So we were lucky that we didn't have to put our parents through like, what the hell is my kid doing? Because there's something, something tangible. Yeah, happening. that's I was just going to say. You had something tangible yeah. you could show them. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's great. Um, well, listen, uh, I've exhausted all my questions here, <laughs> so it's a great chat. Um, it's good seeing you again. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the new record rally cry is out now. People should go give it a listen and buy it. Uh, don't, don't just stream it. Yeah, whatever you want. Actually buy it, but, uh, give it a listen. It's a, it's a really good record. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Uh, the new single is relentless and to all of our, uh, Radio programmers who are listening, you should uh, go listen to it now if you haven't yet. Yeah, uh, so give it a, a plug in there yeah. for you. And uh, Max, thanks for taking the time and uh, enjoy your show here tonight with Thank Lucia. You. And it was great seeing you again. And thanks for being on the uh, Maximum Alternative podcast. Yeah, I did it because my name's in the title. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm Mike Parrish, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Bye. <laughs>